Chapter Ten of The Lone Ranger Rides. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Lone Ranger Rides by Fran Stryker. Chapter Ten. The Lone Ranger. It was daybreak when the man in the cave wakened in surprise to find that he had slept the night through. A fragrant aroma of coffee and bacon crisping on a fire made him realize that he was ready for a solid meal. Tonto looked up from his cooking and grinned. The Texan felt of his wounded shoulder. He was amazed at the way the swelling had completely disappeared. He could even move his arm without too much pain. He felt alive this morning. He stood. He was a bit unsteady, but his wounded foot would bear his weight, thanks to the manner in which Tonto had bandaged it. Sunlight streamed past the opening of the cave, and turned the gap bright and cheerful. Cold water dashed into his face made the ranger wide awake. He felt of his three-day growth of beard and turned to Tonto. "'I must look like a desert rat,' he said ruefully. "'That easy to fix. How you feel?' First rate Tonto, thanks to you.' Tonto beamed and dished up fresh eggs with the bacon. "'Today,' he said, "'you get plenty well.' Food never tasted finer than that breakfast did. When it was finished, the Indian produced the ranger's duffel, which included not only shaving materials, but fresh clothing. While the Texan pulled off the mud and blood-stained remnants of the clothing he'd been wearing, and bathed in the cool stream, the Indian told how he had buried the men in the canyon during the night. He explained that he'd made six fresh graves, though only five men were dead. Whoever visited the scene of the battle, and no one from the basin had yet done so, might wonder who had done the burying, but the impression would be given that all six of the rangers had died. The trail would clearly show that but six men had ridden there and six lay buried there would be no search for a survivor who might carry back to town the news of the massacre. The far-sighted Indian had destroyed the trail made by the one who lived as he had crept from the scene. The identity of the wounded man was buried in an empty grave. The ranger saw the wisdom in Tonto's scheme. So far he had no idea who the killers were. If they knew he had survived, they would hunt him down while he had no conception of their identity. With the killers misguided into false security, he would be left unmolested as long as he wasn't recognized as a Texas Ranger. When he had finished dressing in the clean clothes and boots that Tonto had brought, the Texan sat beside the stream to think. Tonto busied himself about the cave showing a tact and understanding that was rare in any man. The Indian seemed to know that the Texan wanted to be left alone. He waited to answer what questions might be asked. The Texan's eyes fell upon a small black book that was on the gravel at his side. It lay open to the fly-leaf, and there was an inscription penned in the fine handwriting that engravers try so hard to copy. 
the man picked up the Bible and looked at his mother's words. To my son, with all my love and a prayer that he will carry with him always the lessons we studied together. He remembered candle-lit evenings at his mother's side in a pioneer home. He recalled the time when he had memorized the Ten Commandments, reciting them, then listening to his father's interpretation of the original laws of living as applied to life in the new west those laws had seemed so simple yet so all-embracing his father had said that life was supposed to be simple and that only man-made laws complicated things man-made laws failed so often as a texas ranger he had seen rich murderers freed by juries, while poor men were jailed interminably for stealing food to ward off the death of their starving children. Man-made law couldn't be relied upon to serve the highest form of justice. He thought of his five comrades, now buried in an isolated gap. What law could punish their murderers? How could he find those murderers? and having found them what proof would there be against them thou shalt not kill that was the law yet who was there to find and punish those who had already killed five brave men he knew something of the cavendish clan in the basin there were men who would probably give false testimony there was unlimited money to be spent in bribes if needed there was Bryant Cavendish, a law unto himself. Against these forces he stood alone and practically helpless. In spite of the odds against his success, the Texan found himself breathing a silent pledge to the souls of his friends. "'I'll find the ones who did it,' he whispered, "'and I'll see them made to pay in full.' Even as he spoke, he knew of another pledge he'd made. A pledge to his mother that he'd mind the precepts he had learned. One of these was, Thou shalt not kill. While pledged not to kill, he must confront hard men to whom murder was a mere detail in a day's work. When and if the showdown came, after he had found the murderers he sought, it would probably be a case of kill or be killed. He didn't mind dying if it would serve his ends, but his own death would in no way avenge the lives of his friends. Neither would it serve the cause of justice by ridding the country of inglorious ravagers. He found himself considering the things in his favor. The fact that he had survived the fight was known only to himself and Tonto. He would not be recognized because of his horse. The only other men who knew that white stallion were dead. He could change his appearance by disguise, if necessary. He wondered if these last few days hadn't already changed his looks. He felt he must have aged considerably. His outlook on life was certainly changed. He no longer felt like the carefree ranger. He felt older, more serious, more grim. He rose to his feet and called, Tonto! The Indian advanced. In his hand there were guns, holsters, and a heavy cartridge belt. 
"'Maybe now,' he said, "'you look at guns.' The Texan recognized the brace of perfectly matched and balanced revolvers. "'My own!' Tonto nodded. "'After you fall, other ranger take guns. Tonto find near fight.' The weight of the belt on his hips was good. It gave the man a feeling of competence. He drew the guns and spun them by the trigger guard. Reflected light splashed off the spinning weapons. Then the butts dropped in his palms and the guns were steady. With those weapons, the ranger had ridden a fast horse at top speed and kept a tin can bouncing ahead of him with bullets. He could, and frequently he had done it, restrain his draw until fast gunslingers had their own weapons free of the holster and still got the drop on them. He broke one of the guns and dumped the cartridges into the palm of his hand. "'You loaded them, eh?' Tonto nodded. There was something about the cartridges. They gleamed brilliantly. He studied them a moment and looked questioningly at the Indian. "'Those bullet,' Tonto said, "'are silver.' It was true. The bullets and the cartridges were hard, solid silver. The Texan looked puzzled. "'That makes pretty high-priced shooting,' he said. "'You not shoot much,' Tonto replied. Then he explained how the precious metal for the bullets had come from the Texan's own silver mine. Tonto himself had cast the metal. The white man marveled at the complete knowledge Tonto had of him and of his affairs. Then Tonto brought a mask from beneath his buckskin shirt. It was black and fashioned to cover the entire upper part of a man's face, effectively concealing all identity. "'Wear this,' Tonto said. The white man hesitated. "'If I go about wearing a mask, the law will be in full chase in no time,' he said. Tonto nodded. "'You hunt em outlaw.' Birds of a feather. By concealing his identity with the mask, his disguise would serve a second purpose. It would mark him in such a way that outlaws might welcome his company and thus put him in possession of information otherwise impossible to secure. "'Other ranger all dead,' said Tonto, as the white man tried the mask and found it a perfect fit. "'You only ranger now. You all alone.' "'All alone,' repeated the other softly. "'Except for you, Tonto. It seems that it's your plan for us to travel together.' Tonto nodded slowly, soberly. He held out his brown hand again. In the palm there was a metal badge. The Texas Ranger's badge. The white man took it, looked at it, then closed his fist about it tightly. "'The Texas Rangers,' he said softly are dead. All six of them have gone. In their place there's just one man, the Lone Ranger." He put the badge deep in his pocket and murmured again, "'The Lone Ranger.'"
End of chapter 10